Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used vehicles in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie. You're very welcome to Friday Afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Oh, the excitement in this studio all week. It just gets better every single day because very shortly, somebody out there, listen, is going to win this. Return flights for two people, a three-night stay in a four-star hotel and €500 spending money to the Eternal City, Rome. Yes, she's with us again, our regular on travel and uh, all your holiday needs. Sandra Finnegan from Globe Travel, the sponsor of this prize as well. Sandra, we're just waiting to make this call. Good afternoon, Jerry. Very exciting. Everybody by the ready. Yes, everybody by the ready. We've been in touch and we've told people to stand by their phones this afternoon. Somebody will be getting that call in a few moments' time and uh, we're looking forward to making it. Sandra, let's begin today. Uh, the Christmas markets, you want to talk about those for a wow, second? Wow, Jerry, can we you believe we're three months away talking about Christmas markets? Yeah, starting off with Prague, Jerry, super value for money on the 9th of December. Three-star hotel for three nights, including flights, €219. So super value. I was checking Dublin prices for one night in a hotel for two and it was more expensive. My God. And that's before you've got a Matthews coach on top of it. (laughs) To get there is right. That is some deal, to be honest with you, isn't it? Yeah. Budapest, the same. €235, Jerry, for three nights. And Berlin, €207. Uh, Munich, which is one of the most beautiful cities with a huge amount of Christmas markets, €195 for two nights on the 3rd of December. And Sandra, when you go to these markets, I know you've experienced them extensively. There's there's a lot of things there that you don't get at home. Is that fair It's all about, um, you know, the little uh, trinkets Mm. and the mulled wine and the traditional cakes. And, you know, it's not somewhere that you're going to be going and going with your one for all vouchers. Yes. You know, it's something traditional. It's maybe buying something special for your Christmas tree that you have as a keepsake forever. Yeah, that's the beauty of it. Yeah. And there are many of them across Europe. The ones you mentioned there are very popular ones Absolutely. as well. But you have a wide choice of, of cities. You know, Vienna has something like eight Christmas markets in the city. So huge amount, huge amount. When is the best time to go in your book? Uh, the Christmas markets start normally mid-November until Christmas Eve. In my opinion, the full height of it is uh, normally the first weekend of December, which is a European Christmas, uh, European break throughout most of Europe. So you're getting a great buzz and a great atmosphere. Mm. And these are short flights, short, short hops as short well. Short flights, yeah. short. And, you know, normally you get three full days out of a two night one. If you get an early flight out and a late flight home, mm. it's an excuse to have a nice break. Great idea for Christmas parties. You know, people, you know, 
would look around and they look at, you know, going for a Christmas night out and it could be a hundred euro for a Christmas night out. For an extra hundred, you can have a weekend away with your staff and it's a nice way for companies to say thank you to their employees. It certainly is. So get cracking on that one. It'll fly round before we know it. The Christmas markets, the season upon us and plenty of opportunity there with Sandra and the crew. Now, while we're on that time of the year, talk ho, to me. Ho, ho, land, yeah. <laughs> well, Lapland more to be yeah, precise. Yeah, what well, about Lapland yeah, this well, year? Santa, yeah, is in Lapland, uh, and on the 8th of December, there's a super day trip offer there for €650. Euro. I know it sounds expensive, but I always say to you, Jerry, they're memories that you'll have forever. And it was one of your greatest memories oh, you said ever with your It's the best money I always say that I've ever spent with my kids making memories. Have it on video. They just still sit 21 and 18 years of age. They still sit and look back and think, thanks. You can't put a price can't on that. Now, put a I price know there are that. more than day trips there if you want them, but do you feel the day does it? Yes. Well, we went out, I remember, very early in the morning and the kids slept on the flight over. Then they had a full day of husky rides. Um, you know, crossing the Arctic Circle, build, you know, into igloos, visiting Santa, drinking hot chocolate, uh, arrive back on a flight at nine o'clock at night where the mummies and daddies could have a glass of wine and back in Dublin for midnight. It was a super way to spend a day. OK, and va- availability is still, still there. Still the there. though, doesn't it? Yeah, it's it really always does. busy, but there is still some availability. OK, that's Lapland if you'd like to make memories of a lifetime. Now, for other people, New York in the past, and especially maybe 10 years ago when money was for Hulock, and look, things have improved, thank God, uh, since. New York was a, a port of call for people for Christmas shopping and that. I wanted to ask you this. Thanksgiving is Thursday, the 22nd of November. Mm-hmm. If you're thinking of a New York short break, when would you go? After Thanksgiving? Normally after Thanksgiving, a lot of people try and go for the Black Friday sales. Mm. The following weekend is also a really good, and you know, all the sales are on. But it doesn't have to be New York, Jerry, because it is expensive and the taxes are expensive for shopping as well. A really good alternative is going back to the old famous of Vegas. You could have five nights in Vegas in November for €600 per person. So you can grab a show. There's amazing shopping outlets and the weather will be a lot more relaxed. And they'll be gearing up for the season as well, will they? And they'll be well geared up for it, absolutely. So for €600, you've got five nights in Vegas, you've got all the outlets and you can take in some, you've got the Celine Dion shows, Mamma Mia, there's all sorts of shows going on during that time. So you like that as an alternative? I just think it's a nice alternative. You know, you can go off and do, out of a five-day trip, it doesn't have to be all about the shopping. Okay. You know, you can go and do the Grand Canyon, Mm. You can you do your helicopter ride, you've got your shows, you've got your shopping. There's something there for everybody and the weather will be milder. Now, at this time of year with the evening settling in in, in Ireland and uh, daylight uh, on the decline from summertime and that, um, where's the best winter sun? If you want to say to somebody today, look, if I were you looking for winter sun, here's where I'd go. OK, well, obviously the days are shorter. Guaranteed winter sunshine if you want to stay closer to home. Morocco has become extremely popular again. Great value for money and super standard accommodation. Canary Islands, once again, further afield, Abu Dhabi, Dubai, Maldives, Mauritius. Uh, South Africa is the best value it's ever been with the rate of the South African rand. Uh, airfares are very, very competitive. So certainly from November right through to March, you're having longer days in South Africa as well. So that's certainly a really good option.
Questions coming in for Sandra to 086-1800-658 by text or WhatsApp. Uh, just a clarification on the Lapland. Is that 600, were you saying, or 660 each it's for Lapland? 650 per person. Per person. So yeah. it is per person for Lapland. Yeah. But it's, as you said, again, it, it, it is expensive, you might think, for it's the day. It's expensive, but yeah. But it's, you know, if you can afford it and if it's a treat. I always say to you, we said we talked about this last year. It's something you can put in the pl- pipeline for next year. OK. Uh, another question for you here about luggage. We were in Turkey recently, Jerry, and our luggage didn't arrive for three days into the holiday. Would you ask, Sandra, have we a claim? You do have a claim. First of all, if you have travel insurance on your policy, you'll see a delayed luggage. Uh, you need proof of of receipts, whether you paid on your credit or debit card or by cash of the purchases that you made. Depending on when, whether you went with a charter airline or a scheduled airline, there is a comeback on that. So either if you booked it through the internet, go back to your provider there or through a travel agent, give them a call. OK. Now, is it too early to mention the word ski to you? Not at all, Jerry. The pieces are open. <laughs> when is the skiing season in the Europe begin? The starts in December, but the first departures uh, from Dublin based on charters where you're getting really good value for money starts uh, Christmas week, the 20th, 20th of December. And it runs then right into next right spring? Right run through to the end of March. OK, so it's yeah. a long season. And it's always a great weekend. People over Patrick's weekend like to try and incorporate it. And around, you know, Patrick's weekend, there's a great value there for Andorra. Uh, seven nights, flights, accommodation, transfers and the famous baggage for €569. Euro. Is Andorra, am I right, did you say this to me in the past, a good place if you haven't it's a been good, before? It's a good bouncing pad to start off with, you know, for value for money. Mm. And when you're there, it's not expensive. It's is, a duty-free principality. Oh, that's really yeah. another, uh, another bonus point, there with yeah. that one, isn't it? Yeah. Is skiing for any age, really? You know, you might be thinking, oh, listen, Spending I'm on your bones, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> don't mention the war. We don't want to talk about bones on this show. But I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. But if you're is. fit, you know, there's no, you know, never say never. Give it a go. Mm. Have you any more offers there? Anything else yeah, to tell us about that you have at the moment that caught um, your attention? There is. Late minutes offer at the moment. There's still great value for money. The end of September, Portugal, 310 euro. Uh, Crete 382 euro Salou 299 euro and camping still say for next weekend on the 23rd of September uh, you're looking at 940 for a family of two adults and two kids Okay so some really good value there at this yeah, stage and the Grand of the Slam the Six Nations is starting as well in 2019 so they're on sale at the moment. So you have those we as well. We have packages, yeah. yes, starting. So, so that's yeah. for the Six Nations and that yeah. all that is there available. And of course, you've always mentioned us in the park, Premier League games, Premier things leagues, like that. Yeah. Uh, they're all available. And nice little trips for people and gifts for, for that time of the year that's coming up quickly. I uh, spotted something just before, and I know I'm hopping this in you now. Aer Lingus have just announced two new routes, direct uh, summer 2019 to Minneapolis. Minneapolis, The St. Midwest Paul. in yeah, the state, St. Paul. Yeah. Will that be somewhere that, you know, will be uh, popular, do you reckon? Absolutely. The reason why they're doing it is basically on a commercial point of view for businesses because there's huge industry in that area and Ireland would have a lot of connections with that area, particularly the food industry. So, yeah it's a reason for it um, you know you can use it as a hub to connect to other places it's a lovely it's part of the states beautiful, isn't it beautiful yeah and you can maybe combine it with Chicago it's been so close that's yes. a good option as well yeah. and the other one today is Montreal I sp- presume Air Canada who've done a great job on the routes absolutely from Canada absolutely they're going fantastic. in there looking for business yeah. aren't yeah, they now absolutely yeah Canada the markets are wide open there both commercially and tourist wise mm. and Montreal is a place absolutely. to visit absolutely the French cultural part of it super beautiful 
beautiful, really, really beautiful nice. part of the world. Now, as you know, we've been uh, absolutely running this competition through the summer months and uh, Globe Travel are the sponsors. Return flights for two people, a three-night stay we have in a four-star hotel in uh, the Eternal City, Rome. All you had to do was send us in a video and loads and loads of you did and we want to thank everybody who did. We're making a call now. The draw's been done. Sandra has supervised it and we're going to see, is this phone going to ring? Hold on, it is ringing. Hello? Hello? <laughs> Hello? Is that Irene? Yes. Oh, my God! Is that Irene Comiskey? Yes, it is. Jason Jerry. Uh, do you know who this is? You do know who this is, <laughs> do you? I do know who it is. Are you excited? I am. I'm here at work and, um, yeah, I can't believe it. They're well, sitting laughing at me watching the phone. Where are you working? <laughs> I work in Pennies in Dundalk. Oh, do you? I'm loving yourself. Are you on the counter? Are you serving staff? Are you serving customers? No, no, no. I'm in the canteen. All oh, right, okay. So you're on your break. Woo! Thank God for that. Well, Irene Comiskey, oh. do you know, you sent us in this. Have a listen to this because I want listeners to listen to actually what you sent in to us. Here it comes. Hi, we're the Comiskeys. We're here with the great Laxy Wheel in the Isle of Man. Home away, we listen to LMFM. Woo! Congratulations. <laughs> oh, my God. Irene, that's Sandra. Sandra Finnegan's talking to you there. She uh, wants to give you her congratulations. Congratulations, Eileen. The best of luck. Give us a call and we'll oh make all the arrangements for you. Thank, thank you so much. I'm absolutely thrilled. Um, we had just a fabulous time in the Isle of Man. A bit of a random holiday, but it was absolutely fantastic. And I cannot thank you all enough. No, not at all. And you know, you know, we we went through them all. We judged them. That we did this fairly, and we we, we decided, and we were to and fro. And you were picked at the end of the day. You were selected, so you were. And it's you that wins this fabulous prize. The Isle of Man. You know, you said it's random there. It was unusual to us as well because the Isle of Man years ago was a huge holiday destination. Was that your first time there? It was actually my second time there, right. Jerry. I was there with my mum and dad years ago. Okay. And um, we actually. <laughs> We actually were 10 years married this year and we were supposed to go somewhere else and it was all cancelled. Ah. So through a friend of a friend, we got a house uh, to rent in the Isle of Man quite last minute and uh, we we headed off on the boat to the Isle of Man and we had an absolute ball of a time. It was just lovely. The island is beautiful like, and yeah. the sun was shining and... Um, the kids were so happy to climb up. My wee four-year-old at the time climbed up to the top of the laxi wheel and the two-year-old, and we did it there and then. That video. People thought, people thought we were mad. We'd done it in one day. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, tell us who your husband's name is. Oh, my husband is Aaron Comiskey. Uh, we live out in Glenmore, out in the Cooley Peninsula. Lovely. So um, he will be delighted, absolutely delighted. And so, the children's names are? Oh, Sophie, uh, Thomas and Connor. Well done to them. So at the top of the laxi wheel, you did it in one take. You sent it in to us. And Irene Comiskey, today, you have won. Listen to what you've won. Return flights for two of you. Three-night stay in a four-star hotel. €500 to spend (laughs) in Rome, Irene. Unbelievable. Your second honeymoon, Irene. Congratulations. Yes. We we, we went to Rome about 10, 13 years ago and we spoofed a hotel and it was an absolute dive. So to get a (laughs) four-star... <laughs> You're making up for that, but Sandy's right. You know, ten years on is a very special time for you oh, as well. I'm so thrilled. You love it. You love it. How happy are you today? 
I am so happy. They will probably get no work out of me now in pennies. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're going into pennies in Dundalk today, check her out. She's there. Irene Comiskey. She's won a big prize on Late Lunch on LMFM thanks to Globe Travel and of course Michael Crawley from LMFM, our CEO, putting up the 500 euro there oh, to spend well. as well. Enjoy. Enjoy. Thank you. Thank Congratulations you so to you, Irene. Delighted Thank for you. you. LMFM. I'm thrilled. Thank you. Congratulations. Bye-bye. Wow, oh, isn't that just brilliant, Sandra? Fantastic oh, there. Well, Wasn't she so did you hear her when we Oh God, she got so excited there. So she's working in pennies in Dundalk from Glenmore and well done to her and we will be in touch. Sandra will be in touch and we'll make all the arrangements for that one. Sandra, see you next time round. Thanks so see much you, for dropping into Thanks us today. Me and Take have care. a great holiday. Bye. Bye-bye. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used vehicles in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie. Oh, what a Friday on Late Lunch from holidays and travel and a big holiday giveaway to the wonderful Margaret Madden and Boot Club. Great to see you again. Yeah, I'm jealous of that prize. I'm just back from holidays. I want to go back again. <laughs> you see, we're disparate friends and associates of the show and me. We can never enter these things. But I look, know. anyway, what about that? Here we go with Book of the Month for uh, September. Before you give the name out, can I just say something personal here? This is my kind of book. Right, okay. Go on, tell them what it is. Well, it's Eat the Moon by Breda Joy. It just came out this week. Um, she's an Irish, uh, well, she was an Irish journalist and has written um, non-fiction books. This is her first foray into fiction. Uh, she won She won a kind of a competition, like the novel fair, where you, you basically go into a room full of uh, publishers slash agents, I'm not 100% sure, and you pitch your idea and show samples of your writing. And she won this. And, and For this? I think it was for this book. Yeah, but I literally this, as I said, it's only out a week. I just grabbed it on the way out the door and was going to the airport the other day. It was on, it was on the radiator in the hall. My house is just like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So anyway, I just grabbed it and um, I, I I read it like in two. I finished it um, and just was like, oh my god, it kind of let me just explain first of all what it is it's set back in 1969 it opens up um, with a family in Cork in a very rural um, very isolated uh, sitting down watching the moon landing the Apollo moon landing and the I'm, I'm turning the pages here because I'm trying to find the first page and uh, it's basically all about this family um, but it starts off with 12 year old Sally And it says here, my mother hated Nixon with a passion. There was no sense to the set that she had in them that I could make out, given that she was living 3,000 odd miles away from him and had never encountered him gallivanting around any boreen in our neck at the County Cork. You know, so just straight away warn you, this is written, um, you know, with the Anglo-Irish. It's bigara and bigosh. I hate when people say that, but this is very, very clever. It's the words like the snaky eyes and the beasts in the sheds. And the, now I'm really terrible at the accent because I'm a Dublin girl. But no, you, no, you're really <laughs> giving it a good say. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I really yeah. do. But it's around that time. Yeah, and it's very honest. And it, it, you know, when I was reading, it reminded me kind of going back to Brian Friel plays and that kind of touch of genuineness of country life. Um, she, she writes beautifully. The story is basically um, more on the children. There's the 12 year old Sally. Her cousin arrives over mute from London. Um, they've never met before. She's come to stay with them. There's her mother and father, her older brother, Kieran, and Nana. 
Oh Lord, Nana mm. is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Nana goes around with the rosary beads and she reads tea leaves and she um, she's trying to convert this English child over to Catholicism. So she's teaching her catechism and everything. But there is an event in the middle of it um, and, and there's horses all the way through it. A, a dark, beautiful horse at the beginning, um, a wilder silver coloured horse in the second half. It sounds very... I'm kind of not describing it very well, um, but it's well worth like looking into. I, I'll I'll put a review up as soon as I yes, can. Yeah, yeah. Because I, this is fresh off the press. We yeah, say that. But it grabbed you. You said to yeah. me, "I'm actually going to go with this book for my book of the month." Yeah. Because that event, and we don't want any spot. I'm not going to spoil this one. <laughs> there is an event in there this is, book yeah. that causes a lot of things to happen, and then uh, the family's life changes direction, and they try to get back to where they were. Well, they don't so much lose direction as in um, one of them is a little bit, uh, let's say he's, it's Kieran, he, he's off sorts and, yes. and the mother will do anything to get him yeah. back to yeah. himself. Yeah, what I mean is their life is upset like it never has before yeah. because something oh, yeah. happens to this guy. You know and what I mean? such an isolated community. It's very, it's, it's wonderful to read about that again. I mean, Alice Taylor is quoted on the front and, and she's, you know, who, um, very famous Alice Taylor, a blend of family, community and love of horse paints, a picture of Ireland that could only be created by someone who knows her people. Mm. And I do believe that Brida does, you know, she has grown up. She she used, to, uh, reading the little thing at the front, she used to go to her mother's, her grandmother's farm um, as a child in the summer. And all the way through this, you get this kind of feeling of family in the summer. They're off school. They're helping muck out the sheds, they're collecting eggs, the the home cooking from the range. It's just lovely. You love it. I, I do. <laughs> it's a time that yeah. you're very happy to go back to and relive and experience and uh, uh, people will enjoy this. That's why I said it's my kind of book. It's yeah, and Jerry, do you know what worries me is that because it's written by a woman, I fear that it won't get the attention that it would if it was written by a man. Now, really? it sounds that really sounds sexist, but I've been thinking about this. And if it, if it had a male... You know, it will be in all the newspapers. Oh, amazing new voice in Irish fiction and everything. And I'm just hoping that doesn't that this doesn't slip under the radar. Ah, oh, it won't. Come on, I Margaret Madden is uh, putting it out yeah, there I'm, today. Yeah, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm saying please give this this a chance. I yeah. think her writing is beautiful. It's slightly bordering towards literary, uh, literary fiction, so it's it's not a rollicking read by any means, but it's so beautifully written. It should evoke basically rural Ireland and what it was and, and, great some, memories. and still was yeah absolutely yeah. so Eat the Moon is Margaret Madden's book of the month on Late Lunch Book Club for September coming highly recommended and it's yeah. just fresh off the press let's move on to uh, your general fiction category mm-hmm. and the one you've picked here is called While I Was Sleeping by Danny Atkins can mm. I just read these four lines before you review it yeah just to summary or context this I don't remember what happened or what has changed I can still hear your voices but you can't seem to hear me I was about to be married and had everything to look forward to now I have to find a way back to you to our family to us yes Okay, so while I was sleeping, Danny Atkins, I I reviewed this from the newspaper, um, uh, the Sunday Independent recently. I think this is great um, and I'm hoping it gets the attention it deserves. Maddie Maddie is the the main character in this. Herself and Ryan are engaged to be married. She's living in London. She's fluting around, picking up her wedding dress, uh, getting alterations, everything. Um, uh, Then there's a car accident. She runs across the road and gets hit. So we kind of flash forward then and she's in a coma and that's what you have just described. So she can hear things around her, but she can't 
you know, come out of it and let people know she can hear it. But as um, it moves on she, and she she does wake up, uh, there's an empty chair beside her. She's wondering where Ryan is. Uh, she asks the nurse. She senses something is wrong. Ryan comes back, but things aren't quite right. And um, we find out that she's actually been in the coma for six years. You know, oh my so, God. but it takes a while for her, for people to tell her this. They don't want to shock her back into um, into sleep. Yeah, because I'm sure when you do wake up in reality, you have no concept of no. how long you've been no. or what's happened in the in the. Interim. I've often had a big sleep where I wake yeah, up and, and I don't know. And, and you don't know. But yeah. imagine six years yeah. and she can hear. This is the thing. Yeah. She's been able to hear a lot. But she has only recently, I think, been able to mm. hear. And um, the book is split into two. So I'm not really going to mention the second part because there is a huge dilemma um, around her waking up yes, and um, what is the right thing to do? What is the right thing to tell her? What, you know, she she was, oh God, I can't really say very much without giving too much away. But the, basically it's split into before and after and, and you learn all about the nurses and the helpers and the family who have stood by her side all the way along. And the dilemma, is it a case of protection or selfishness? Yes. It's um, basically, as I said in the paper, it's if you liked um, Nicholas Sparks, you know, that kind of, um, or Jojo Moines, the, you know, um, Jodie Bicult, these kind of ones where there's a dilemma and you're like, ooh, ooh I don't know, I would do this or I would do... I'm, and then you kind That's of change here. your mind. Yeah, That is yeah. in this book yeah. here. I saw a reviewer saying an emotional roller coaster, oh, yeah. laughing and crying in equal measure. Keep the tissues close by, yes? Yeah, definitely keep the tissues handy. <laughs> yeah. She's oh great. God. Danny Axon's really, really good at the emotional roller coasters. Okay, but this so one is, is really, really great. Coming highly recommended in the general fiction category While I Was Sleeping by Danny Atkins. I want to head to a short break, but before I do, and listen, she has our classic to come, another fiction and another true life story from Margaret Madden this month. She has already recommended her book on the a book of the month. It's called Eat the Moon by Breda Joy. Now, let me tell you, you're impressed with this gift pack of books that we have to yeah. give away. As you usual. We have a lovely pack of books to give away to somebody listening today. It's a gift pack. There are five books in it. You have to come and collect them here. It's just <laughs> there's too much bulk in these to get them to you. You have to call in and collect them. That's the only deal we have. Let me tell you tell you what's in it this month. David Gillick, Back on Track, just out. Oh, fabulous book. She was with us yesterday. You were listening. You heard it. Hazel Gaynor. Oh, yes. The Lighthouse Keeper's, Keeper's Daughter. daughter yeah, there. yeah. Grace After Henry by Edna Shortall. This is in the pack as well. One a prize. It was one of my and yeah, won a prize last night over in the UK but it was also one of my recommendations. I love that one. Absolutely. We have Justine Delaney Wilson, Listen for the Weather, and finally, what a brilliant book, the official biography of Tony Keady, 110% legend, it's called. They're the five books. Would you like them? Would you uh, like to win these on Late Launch? Here's the question. Who was the first man to walk on the moon? Tied in with the book of the month. Who was the first man to walk on the moon? I want his name. Text it now to 086-1800-658. And you can WhatsApp that as well. We're working on both WhatsApp or text 086-1800-658 with your answer and your name and details. And we'll pick a winner for that lovely gift pack shortly. Margaret Madden's with us, staying with us. More recommendations to come after the break. Five brilliant books to give away in our book club gift pack giveaway this Friday afternoon. Would you like to win them? The question is, who was the first? 
first man to walk on the moon. Answers to 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text with your name and details. And the answer, please. Now, Margaret, we're staying in the fiction genre for another moment. And this book is called The Rules of Seeing by Joe Heap. Tell us about it. Well, first of all, you'll spot this in the bookshop straight away. It's got a gorgeous green bunny on the front. She's just like, it's it's very obvious. So you'll... Hopefully you'll go in and turn it over and read the back. Basically, this is the story of Nova, um, who's blind from birth. And um, she's offered an opportunity to have her sight restored through surgery. And she's kind of on the fence as to whether she wants to do it or not. You know, being blind is part of who she is. And... um, she really struggles with the decision. So after much consideration with family and uh, an ex-professor of hers who's also blind, who said he wouldn't do it, she still goes ahead and does it. All right. So she's a police interpreter. She She's in and out all the time interpreting uh, the baddies. <laughs> and um, after a while... The the reality is, you know, you can't, if you get your sight restored, you can't just walk out onto the street later that day or two weeks later. You have to go through like a rehab. You have to learn how to see. And basically this book is about that, the rules of seeing, how you should approach it. For example, a blind person doesn't know what it looks like to look through a window, obviously. So if your sight is restored and you put your hand toward a window, you're presuming your hand is going to go through it if it's clean. Do you know what I mean? Yes. If it's dirty now, that's a different yeah, matter. Yeah. <laughs> um, or if you're looking at the clouds in the sky, you have no concept of how far away they are. You you know, Nova will, for example, put her her hand up to the sky. I'm doing actions here. This is radio. What am I doing? <laughs> I'm doing it. She put her hand up to touch the cloud um, with no idea how far away that is. You know, Um it's very, very clever. It really does make you think about how you see. What is opaqueness, for example? Mm. What is distance? What are colours? Who decided that the word red is red? Why mm. is it that colour? You know, um, yes. it's, but half the way through the book, uh, I, I'm not spoiling it per se, she decides she doesn't really want to to see anymore. My word, isn't that just an yeah. incredible twist? There is another character in the book, um, Kate, a yeah. successful architect uh, who's married to Tony and she's in hospital, has got a blow to her head as well and mm-hmm. she's tied into this story with yeah. Nova. And- they're, they're both actually in the same hospital at the same time but uh, and meet at a vending machine of all places but um, they kind of lose... Oh, it's kind of a difficult, tenuous link, but they do come together later on down the line and they both help each other through their own little goings-ons in their life. Yes. Well, huge going-ons in their yeah, life, actually. huge going-ons, um, right. Yeah. And um, Kate's husband is a police officer, so there is also a link there because uh, Nova is working. Yes. You know, so they encounter each other yeah. too. Not, not. They don't get on very well, let's just mm. say that. Brilliant job, I have to say, the author's done in describing the difficulties, you know, when sight is restored, as you've yeah. talked about there as well. Yeah. Fascinating book. It's called The Rules of Seeing by Joe Heap. And again, it's one that ticked the boxes for yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. It really will make you think, it'll stop you in your tracks and go, oh my God, I never really thought about that, you know. And yeah. the author did base it on watching his newborn son learning to 
to see and, yeah. and to touch things. Yeah, very clever. Okay, your classic. Well, I smiled <laughs> when I saw this because I was a big fan of the TV series. Much later than when the book was written from 74 to 82, Little House on the Prairie was on television and we never missed it every single uh, week. You've picked it, Little House on the Prairie by Laura Ingalls Wilder. 1935, Margaret, you're going back to. I am, yeah. And you have to remember, uh, I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> am I going no, back to? don't be sorry. Indeed, <laughs> you're not. You know, you say the word classic and, and it can't be anything that's, you know, been recently published or way back to Jane Austen and stuff. But this one, I always kind of pick up every now and again. Little House on the, the Prairie, for me, you have to remember the TV show. Everybody does. Even the music. But Laura coming down the hills with her arms out wide. And of course, she had red hair and two pigtails, you know, so of course I loved her. Um, You're looking in the mirror. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. But it, I mean... it. it Laura Ingalls Wilder, born in 1867, and, and she wrote eight novels. But, you know, this one wasn't published until later um, because she had actually written it for adults. And it was her daughter that pulled her back and went, whoa, 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 that's too much information. People don't want to read about the hard times in the frontier. Bring it back and write the stories that you used to tell me as a child. So basically, that's what the Little House Omnibus was. They're kind of little stories that she would have told her daughter at night. Yes. Um, it is back in the news again also because um, the Laura Ingalls Wilder Prize through the American Library Association has um, they've stripped her, the name from it um, It's controversial? It's controversial because they because of racism um, quote mm. they say it's dated cultural attitudes to indigenous people and people of colour are contradicting modern acceptance to diverse communities. Mm. But, you know, I think we all remember Cowboys and Indians, yeah. the movies, they're still you know on the something? TV. We'll be you just know. rewriting every aspect of history if yeah. we go on like this. You well, know? We, you know, you can, there's, you can see both sides of the story to this. Yeah. I think it all started with a young um, uh, child in school read the lines, um, there were no people, only Indians, uh, you know, in other words, Indians weren't people mm. and got very upset in school and okay. went to her teacher and then yeah. the teacher took it off. And it took off from there. Oh, my God. Yeah, but, you know, we're like back that. to the discussion about censorship mm. and everything. Mm. Um, but you rate this as a, a classic I did, in your And group. I'm just reading it back to reading it back as when I was a child. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do recoil in horror sometimes now when I see the lines um, calling the Indians wild animals mm, and etc. Mm. But I'm just taking the story of the hardship, the American dream. They packed up their wagon. They went all the way across trying to stake land, which they had no right to stake, as it turns out. You know, they just didn't. Mm. But as a child, you don't understand that. You just want to hear the stories of Pa playing fiddle and, uh, and yes. fire and Ma yeah. darning the, the dresses and everything. Mm. It's just, take it for what it is. Mm. It's just a child's innocent view of hardship and growing up um, in very difficult circumstances. Absolutely. Yeah. Nine books in the series in The Little House and uh, the, the classic this month from Margaret is Little House on the Prairie by Laura Ingalls Wilder, first published in 1935, a long, long time mm. ago. We're going to finish out today with a real life one. Yes. Um, and I, I'll just tell them what it is. Instrumental, it's called A Memoir of Madness, Medication and Music by James Rhodes. Now, this has to come, let me say, with a warning. You might expand on that. Yeah, I, if there's... I suppose you could call it a trigger warning if you if you suffer from mental health issues um, and would be prone to getting upset with with discussions around that. Um, maybe avoid. 
I don't know. I don't know whether that's the right thing. I have a weird thing with, with trigger warnings. I, mm. Sometimes I don't think avoiding things is the way. Anyway, um, I, I've just thrown that out there. Yeah, okay. Also terrible language, but you know. Oh, <laughs> unbelievably filthy language in this book. <laughs> but it is an horrific memoir about sexual abuse that this guy, James Rhodes, suffered as a young person. Yeah, I mean, he's very honest from the beginning that that is what happened to him. But the, the, I, that's not really the only point of the story. Mm. His point is that music was his redemption um, and that um, he's finally able to speak out. And he's such a cool and trendy guy, to be fair. Um, classical music to me, I was brought up listening to it. I had no choice. It was it was there. But I absolutely love it, especially piano music. So, um he has even a playlist at the beginning of that you can download and listen to as you go through. He describes each classical composer at the beginning of each chapter um, and how bonkers their lives were too. But I think it's very important that he he, he talks about mental illness, illness and, and it's linked to creativity. But he said he's really fed up with people saying, oh, you know, all these crazy composers, they were all looper, you know, they're all nuts. His his argument is that they produced this amazing music despite the pain, not because of it. Mm. And and this comes through very clearly in the book. Um, he there is an awful lot through. There is obviously he was only six years of, of age when he was abused. Um, he had to have surgery. He suffered very badly from depression. He had OCD. There were suicide attempts, alcohol and drug dependency, self harm, marriage breakdown. But this book is very honest. Um, it's not written in an RC way. All he is trying to do is to uh, to basically say that greed, the greed and snobbery and, and narcissism around music has to be dismissed and, and, and put aside and let people live their lives and play music as they want to. It was his redemption. You're, yeah. you're right. Yeah. He says it saved his life. And it's uplifting as well in that he's come through all of this. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he did, he did though, have to go to the Supreme Court to get permission to write it. His yes. ex-wife tried to ban it, yeah. said it, it wasn't fair on his son. But mm. I mean, his, every, again, censorship, we're back to that again. Just let people write the words and it's up to people, other people whether they want to read them or not. He absolutely adores his son, I have to say that as well. And the other thing that you've been alluding to there that does come through, he makes classical music and musicians interesting in my book to the average person. Instead of the way we were taught it maybe in school or actually some schools don't even talk about classical music unless you choose music as a subject in secondary school. Mm. I I was lucky enough to learn it from my parents but um, I, I play the cello badly. Um, I love classical music, but I, I, I do hate the arsiness around it. So yeah. I do see his point. So this book was just for me and it's for. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Anybody who, who wants to understand how music can help you out of the pits. And it will. It's called Instrumental, a memoir of madness, medication and music by James Rhodes. A caller rang to say, actually, about your classic Little House on the Prairie. Oh, no. No, no, okay. You're all right. Relax. It's still being shown on the True Entertainment Channel satellite with a PG warning. There you are. Oh, so that I, is the well, for, I'm going to go and see, can I watch some episodes yeah. now? <laughs> You'll have to go home and do I'll that. I'll go flying right. down the hill now in Slane with my two arms out to <laughs> no, the side. No, please, please don't do that. Anyway, just reminding you again, Margaret's book of the month, the big one is Eat the Moon by Breed of Joy. And we have our gift pack of five wonderful books to give away. They're pouring into us the text and WhatsApp messages. The question again is, who was the first man to walk on the moon? What's his name? Text us your answer or WhatsApp it to 086-1800-658 and these five wonderful books could be yours today. We'll pick a winner before the end of the show. Margaret Madden, just want to tell them this will be podcast on lmfm.ie immediately after show and separately as well if you just want to listen to it back. You're a star. Oh, thanks for having Thank me again. You. Not at all. We'll <laughs> see you next month. Okay, bye. Take care, bye. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used vehicles in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie. Oh my God, what a Friday on late lunch. Holidays and travel, wonderful books. And what else could it be? Only the virtuoso of Vino himself. He's back. Rick Grange, good to see you. You too, Jerry. Great to be back. Thank, Thank you. you for joining me on the show. Just to remind listeners, what we're doing this series with Rick is he's picking a grape, a variety of grape each time he comes to us and talk to talk about it. And then we recommend some of the wines that are made from that grape. Oh, Rick, this is a popular one today. Very popular, Jerry. Absolutely. Merlot we're talking Merlot. about. That's the very one. Tell us a little bit about the history of the Merlot. Yeah, it's, uh, again, we're back in France, uh, 1784 to be exact, and Bordeaux, uh, that's where it originated from. And it was actually, believe it or no, um, it's it's known as Merlet initially, which was named after the little blackbird. Really? Yeah, that ate the grapes. And that's the name they gave it then, of course. Over time, it changed and technology advanced and DNA came into it. So, um, yeah, so that's what they, they, they called it then. And uh, a French winemaker, unknown at, at that stage, and he put it in with the Cabernet Sauvignon. And since then, yeah. History. The rest is history. Absolutely. Jim. So it began Absolutely. in Bordeaux, but has certainly spread its wings all over the world, northern and southern hemisphere. Yes, both. very much so. Very, very much so. What about the characteristics of this wine? You, you describe it. How do you describe yeah, it? Yeah, I, th- I think if we, we can just, uh, this will give uh, uh, leaders a bit of, ba- uh, listeners a bit of background here. Cabernet Franc is, which we all know, is one of the parents, and uh, Magdalene Noir de Chahant. 
is the is, other. Is the other. Yeah, now that's extinct now. So the Cabernet Franc will, will be a giveaway there. Um, and as I say, obviously that came in much later. The, the, the parents were identified. Mm. But yes, they grow in loose bunches. They, they, they uh, tend to be very loose, rather large and black blue in in, in, in color, color deep in color yes very much so and uh, and the skins will be you know medium thickness mm. low in tannins very low okay in and as compared to others now yes yes okay yes. and uh, the, the climate the soil what does it like yeah well it likes clay um which holds its water so it likes keeping the feet wet there um it, it tends to 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 bud early which does make it with a thinner skin a bit more susceptible to frost. Okay. Yes. So that is something to look out for. Um, but yeah, it's it's you know it's it's fairly easily grown. It's it's not as susceptible to diseases as many diseases as other varieties. Other than as I say, the early um, early. Okay, frost. the frost is the main. Is, is the main danger for the rot it, yes. later on? Not so much. Not no. so much. No, because you can control it. Uh, mm. You know the milk do that 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 comes off it and of course with the bunches you you often find grapes uh that drop off and that creates a natural airflow for it and that will reduce that risk okay yes, yes. now um the alcohol content varies depending yes. on what yeah it depends on the warmer climates as we've spoken many times on the series in uh, the warmer climates will tend to be the southern hemisphere and they there the the uh, alcohol tends to increase so uh, as much as 14 and a half percent and this is natural that's very important for listeners to understand this is natural alcohol in it whereas in the uh, northern hemisphere it would hover around 13 13 and a half yeah yeah okay yeah. the Wooding, or is it important that it's casks on wood for a long time? It it depends what you want to do with it, the style you want to make, Jerry. And we'll see it today. We've got three lovely wines, completely different. You wouldn't uh, recognize it as three Merlots, to be honest, the complete contrast in styles. Mm. No, uh, wood, uh, Southern Hemisphere, we we tend to be more fruity uh, wines. We we wouldn't go for the wood okay. as a standard. Whereas the Northern Hemisphere, yes. Okay, so that's yes, another distinction tend, between yes, the two as well. Absolutely, absolutely, uh, Jerry. Um, would you say it's a nice wine if somebody say, you know the way somebody says, I'm a white wine person, I'm a red wine yes. person, but if you're yes. a white winer, is it a nice red to introduce people to red wine? I'm glad you are, said Jerry. Yes, absolutely. Because Merlot as a grape variety is what we say, uh, call middle of the road. It's not too strong. It's fruity. It's very palatable. Um, yes, definitely. If you want to introduce anybody to red wine, I would highly recommend a Merlot. That, that'll be a good introduction. Uh, so versatile. Mm. That's the main thing about it. In wine production, it's a big one, isn't it? It's up near the top yes, of the league. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, uh, it's number two in the world, and I think it's 266,000 is the latest. Um, very much so. And I, I think we spoke about the movie Sideways, if you recall that one. We did. Jerry, we did. Back earlier in the year, wasn't yes, it? Yes, we did. We did. Actually, I, I, I think, was it Storm Emma, the day we had that discussion? That's right. Yeah. The day we yeah. did the marathon broadcast here. That's the very yeah. one. 
and very we one. were talking about uh, Merlo and the context of what? Remind me. Yeah, there was a movie in 2004, Sideways, and it absolutely <laughs> slated, you know, uh, Pinot Noir was going to be the, the, the top one. Yes. And, and um, it, it really had a massive effect on it, believe it or not. So mm. it, it, it had to recover from that. And uh, today what you're looking at is basically two styles, the original Bordeaux style um, and then the what we call the international style. What's the distinction want. between them? Yeah, Bordeaux will be more traditional, as we say, more to the variety in its flavor and the way it is made. Um, whereas the international style has been adapted to the market. So what you'll see, they're more fruity, more palatable. They're trying to get the wine sold and into your glass within two years. Right. Yeah, whereas the Bordeaux style would be more settled. They're looking to keep it for two years before they let it go, you know. How long will it yeah. keep? If you have one of those keeping ones, what, yeah, do, you, what if, do you reckon if, is ideal? Yeah, if it has wood on it, Jerry, I would say two to three years, you'll be comfortable with that, you know. Okay. Southern Hemisphere, again, I, I always try and make the distinction there because, um, as we'll prove today, they want you out as I say, within two years. Consume it. Consume. Yeah. When you get it's, it. it's made for the market, Jerry. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's um, made for the market. If we were talking about Merlot to drink on its own, to pair with food, yes. what? Well, this is the thing about Merlot. It's so, so versatile. Yes, you can drink it on its own, but some styles, especially the Bordeaux style, will definitely be better with food. It changes completely. And again, I have one today which I've tested myself, trust me. <laughs> um, it's, uh, and that was only a week ago. Uh, um, it, it definitely changes completely. So again, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those situations, Jerry, where you just have to know the wine. Uh, to see it, and that's and, what we're and, that's what we're doing that's today. Exactly, we're educating exactly. to understand the difference yeah. between northern and southern hemisphere yeah. merlots. Yeah. Uh, the age you should drink them at. Yes, the southern get rid of it quickly. Northern, you know, you can hold yeah. it that much longer yeah. you want. Drink it alone. I take it from the southern hemisphere. Yes, will be. You'll have a far better chance with that. Okay, yes. and we're talking about the Chiles and the mm. Argentinas and Australias and that type of Correct. A place down there. Whereas we're talking about Europe and, and the Northern Hemisphere. Mm. Is America Northern Hemisphere? We we call it a new world. Okay. Yes, yes. Where do they come so, in? Where do they yeah, come we call this? the new world. Okay. So yeah. yeah, so that uh, I, I, I the, the early drinking Southern okay. Hemisphere style, California. Yeah, and that yeah, type very of much so, very much so. W- yeah. When you do pair, what's your favorite? You said you road tested the you yeah, know, yeah. food. Yeah, I, I, you know, if 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 you go for for. Um, you know the let's say the Australian wines in particular um, barbecue. That's it. No other way. You just enjoy it. Um, whereas if we go Bordeaux style, you need a, a lot more heavier, like a heavy stew. Your really heavy meats uh, to complement it. You know, and then the California one that we have today again. You know, it's middle of the road. It'll go for with anything from a risotto to uh, mushrooms, um, all absolutely very varied, very, very varied with that. God, one. I should have had yeah. a sup at that when I was picking the field mushrooms <laughs> yeah. the last few weeks to go along with it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, stay with us in late lunch because Rick has taken along three super Merlots. And I can tell you, this man today, has he found value for money? You're not going to break the bank with these ones, but we have one from Australia, another from Bordeaux and California. And we're going to have a little sip and tell you all about them 
after the break. Merlot is the grape, Rick Cronje is the expert and we have three wines to taste for you now. Just before we do, thank you for the question. Hi Jerry, would you ask Rick if you open a bottle of Merlot and only take a glass from it, how long will it last? It's a screw cap bottle. Three days, Jerry. I wouldn't go more than three days. I hear a big groan out there. Yeah. I think I hear a groan in the distance. But you are always adamant about this, that yes. it just loses quite quickly. Very quickly, Jerry. I mean, it, it's just no more. In fact, quite a few bottles now, if you read the label, it'll tell you no more than three days. Is know. white the same? And white will be the same. Even yeah. if you refrigerate it? Even if you, yeah, even if you <laughs> kill it in the fridge. Kill it! That's the word! Murder it in the fridge! Yeah. It's yeah, it is. Um, it, it just doesn't. It just exactly what we said a few seconds ago. Wines these days are made to be drunk. You know, if you want a glass, buy a wee bottle or a half bottle or something. I use it, but anyway, that's the that is the man himself telling you about it. Three days is the maximum. Let's move on. First taste. Uh, the first bottle you've brought is Australia, twenty seventeen, from South East yes. Australia, and this is a very familiar label. Yes, McGuigan's. I think we all know it. Um, this is the black label, um, and it comes at a great price, budget price, Jerry. But it, just to say, McGuigan's is the top producer in um, Australia. I mean, they they win awards all the time. Um, they've won. I don't know. I, I think it was in 2017 something 159 gold, 184 silver. But they have different lines as well. Mm. You know, you have the black, you have the silver, you have the gold, you have the reserve, and mm. all these. You know, so it is important to distinguish between them. Yes, you know? I have to say, I love the red label. Yes, Merlot. Yes, it's, in my yeah. opinion, it's a consistent wine. We Absolutely. talked about this before. Yeah. Let me taste a little drop yeah. of that first. So this is the black label, and this, let me tell you, folks, Rick is not wrong. Eight euro this bottle yes. uh, will set you back in super value. McGuigan's Black Label, South East Australia, 2017, so last year. So, Rick, That's you're right. saying to me with this, this is the one I can quaff without any food, you would say. Yes, right? it's, it's very soft. It's, it's, it's um, you know, it's, it's fruity. Um, it might be a bit of uh, oak in the back there, but and it's so versatile, really just palatable. Probably too easy to drink. <laughs> you know, a real... Um, I just lost it's, my voice. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Really, it, it, is. it is a gorgeous wine. Yeah. It's just... Yeah. It's so drinkable, Rick. It is. It's it's what I call a real barbecue. This is what you just sit around and, and just, yeah, just mm. pass the bottle. That is That's a beautiful it. red wine. And again, to remind you, we're talking Merlot today. This is McGuigan's Black Label, South East Australia, 2017 Super Value, 8 Euro. That yeah. is a steal. Uh, absolutely. Back, back to school breaker. <laughs> <laughs> He's thinking of you. He's thinking of you with the back to school cost, oh, of gosh. course. We're going to move on. Yeah. And again, we're going to super value for this one. What's your second one? Yeah. This is the uh, Chateau uh, Latois, and it's a 2015. Now, this is made in the real Bordeaux style. And the thing that, that uh, I've noticed, uh, Jerry, is that Finding 100% Merlot in Bordeaux is not easy. There's always a small percentage uh, of something else to, to give it a bit of a lift there. Um, and yet in the Southern Hemisphere, it's the opposite. But then that is also to do with the climate. Mm. You know, so we just want to say the McGuigan is pure Merlot. 100%. That I've tasted there 100% Merlot. There's a very slight blend in this, yes. isn't there? 
Yes. So what's in with the yeah. Merlot in this? Well, one? you've got 90% Merlot, 5% Cabernet Franc, which you'll taste. It'll come through quite strong, believe it or not. And then 5% uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. Now, the decanting um, of this wine you want yeah, to emphasize. Yeah, what, absolutely, why? Jerry. I, I just feel that it's it's still, it's it's a 2015. It needs, it needs a bit more, um, yeah. This it needs, needs a, food. Absolutely. Now you Could said somebody it, just go to the kitchen for me straight away and organise <laughs> something? This I know straight. Yeah, it's dry on the palate. Yes, it's it. There's a bolder kick to that. Yeah, oh, it definitely needs food with it, doesn't it? Absolutely. And 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 this comes back what we were saying earlier, uh, Jerry, is that this is the real Bordeaux style. Mm. But you definitely need food. It's got a bit of earthiness to it, it as has. well, which is again in the style of uh, Bordeaux. But yeah, it's and and. It's it's again. It's one that that I had food with, and it's completely different. So to it's what magical with food. Un- unbelievable. Okay. Unbelievable. All right. Super value, food. and uh, the name again, Rick is. It's the uh, Chateau Pierre Latois. Okay, and it's twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen from Bordeaux. Ten euro. Ten euro. Again, Jerry. it's great value. It really is in, it is, in that bottle. Yeah, that. That that is a really true Bordeaux okay. style. So yeah. we've been to Australia, Bordeaux, and finally we're uh, going to Tesco this time, and this yes. is Californian 2015 again. Yes, and um, the reason for the 2015 again, because we just had the Bordeaux style 2015, and now you're having a California style 2015. 15. Oh, there's a good twang on the nose oh, there. Oh, no, this, this is a, is a this real is a big good hitter, one, isn't Jerry. it? Yes. It certainly yes, is. a lovely, lovely uh, wine here, uh, Jerry. Now, I'm not sure. I know there's Merlot in it, but because under wine law, if it's 5% and less, you don't have to declare that whatever that is. There's a bit of a, a, a magic left to the wine. Can maker, I say so. I'm tasting blackberries there? Yes. Can I really? Very much so. Oh, I really am. It's as if yeah. I was out on the hedgerows picking a couple of them <laughs> yes. there. That's a Beautiful. real blackberry Class. taste on that, isn't Class. it? Red Market. meat, you'd have oh, to say, have would to. you? With have red to. meat. Yeah. Have to. Mm. Have to, Jerry. Yeah. Really nice, really nice. Yeah. Little sip there, and again, I yeah. really like that one. And again, he's only gone and done it for you folks. A tenor in a Tesco tenor. for this one. Yes. Dark Horse from Modesto in California, 2015. Yeah. You love this wine. I do, Jerry. And I and I think what we've demonstrated here today with these three is just a complete, it's it's, it's the same variety. You but wouldn't just, believe it. You wouldn't believe it. No, you wouldn't. It's, it's just... The climate, the soil, the way it's produced. It just exactly. shows you. I know why you love this world of wine. <laughs> it is fascinating, isn't it? It is. It is. Uh, and every year is different, Jerry. Now, talking about the year, yeah. you have real good omens for 2018. Tell us why. Well, everywhere is has been a fantastic year with the weather all over, and every country, just about every country, has um, you know has had good production levels. So I think what we're going to find come Christmas um, is uh, a big choice uh, of it. There'll be serious competition price-wise. So uh, I think we're really going to be spoiled for. Christmas, and um, because the volume is there, there'll also be a higher percentage of vintage wines. A lot of estates uh, would make vintage wines. So, so this 2018 is going to be regarded as oh, a special year. Absolutely, I think so, Jerry. I really believe that. So what will that do for the consumer? Will there be more uh, options available? Will there be better it's, wines come Christmas? Yeah, I, I, I think we're going to see real quality wines at a very affordable price, but. Because you have higher levels 
of of uh, raw material to work with. There'll also be vintage wines, if we can think, let's say, of of the Spanish system where you have the crianzas and the reservas and that. You'll see more of that because they have the volume to do that. Um, and yeah, I think we should start saving. We're going to have an absolute choice at a very affordable price. It's only um, September and we're getting yes, excited already. Yes, Rick, you're a yes. star. You've picked three great ones for us today. It's the Merlot Grape. And again, reminding you, this is available to listen back to after the show on podcast on lmfm.ie. It's really great to see you again. Thanks for dropping in. Thanks, Jerry. We'll see you soon. You will do, surely. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used vehicles in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie. I want to say a big thank you to whoever sent me in the lovely card from Knock Shrine. They enrolled myself and my family in the association over there for a year, and I really do appreciate it. And there's a little card here from everybody, for everybody in LMFM Radio. Just came in to myself in the post this morning. But whoever you are, you didn't put your name on it. Much appreciated. It's a lovely thought. Thank you very, very much indeed. Uh, the books. Yes, that gift pack of books. Who's won them on late lunch this afternoon? Well, I can tell you the answer is Neil Armstrong. Yes, he was the first man to walk on the moon and there's a lovely selection of books today thank you to everybody who entered the competition WhatsApp and text as well and we've rolled the, the, the uh, dice and the winner this afternoon is Rita Bohin from Phillipstown well done to you Rita we'll be in touch you have to pop into us here and pick them up they'll be there waiting for you but congratulations it's a lovely selection of books if you're a reader you'll enjoy them or if you know people if you're not a reader yourself well I'm sure you'll be able to dole them out and give them to others uh, to enjoy them as well but well done to you Rita and thanks to everybody who entered the competition today and while I'm on the uh, theme of competitions, don't forget that big competition. It's running away at the moment here on LMFM Radio and Late Launch. It's a wedding, a dream wedding you could win, worth €15,000 at the beautiful new Village Hotel in Bettystown, County Mead. Everything from the rings to the dress, having your hair done, the wedding car, the cake, the band, the DJ, the makeup. The meal, the reception for a hundred people. And if you want to bring a few more, you can. I think they can take up to about 130, but it's 400 anyway. And we're going to draw a winner for this on Saturday, the 6th of October. How do you enter the competition? You go to our homepage, lmfm.ie. Go to the homepage. The competition details are there straight in front of you. There's a form associated with it. You have to fill it in and click send and send it on to us. We'll get it, I promise you. How do you enter? What you have to do is tell us why you deserve this very special prize, why you deserve to win your dream wedding. You may be getting married. You need to be getting married over the next couple of years. Someone you know, your son, your daughter, your grandchild, whatever. You may be an aunt, an uncle, a friend of somebody. Why do they specially deserve to win this wonderful prize? We have a judging panel of three people. We're going to go through every one of the entries and the week after next. So next week, you can keep entering your way over the weekend and all next week into next weekend. And the following week, we'll start the process of nominating the finalists and the only there's lots of conditions you'll see them there when you go in but the main condition is you have to join us in the village hotel on Saturday the 6th of October the couple who are nominated and get through to the final five all five couples have to join us in the village on the 6th of October for an unprecedented late lunch live on a Saturday afternoon between 1 and 3 o'clock we'll have a whole show dedicated to the giveaway with the guys there at the village and it's going to be a very special occasion so get entering the great dream wedding giveaway the Village Hotel Betty's Town in association with LMFM and the late lunch 
up and running as we speak and the very best of luck to everybody who enters that competition. Final break of the week coming up on late lunch and unless you've been walking on the moon like Neil Armstrong you will know that Louth and Meath are going to Coke Park on Sunday. Yes, the ladies of Louth contest the junior final first and that's followed by the Meath girls out in the intermediate and we're going to have a chat about it next on late lunch. It's ladies day on Sunday at Coke Park and thank God for it after the depression of the men's game oh my god when is that ever going to change we can look forward to some entertaining open skillful football at headquarters on Sunday and what's more the North East is there in force the opening game is the junior final it sees Loud take on Limerick and that'll be followed by the Royal County Meath yes they're up against Tyrone in the final uh, we're going back a little bit because you've heard from all the protagonists with Colm and the guys on sport during the week and we wanted to catch a flavour for what it's like to actually win an All-Ireland title and I'm joined by two women one from Louth and the other from Mead who know what it's all about for Louth or- Orla Kirk was the captain of the team when they last won in 1998 well not last when they won in 1998 against Roscommon and on the Mead team playing a pivotal part back in 1994 when they won their one and only uh, women's title it was a junior championship then there was only junior and senior Christine O'Brien was part of that team and they're both on the line welcome to Late Lunch ladies if I could start with Christine first. Christine, thank you for taking our call this afternoon. What do you recall most about that day? I suppose just the, the, the sheer excitement of getting up to Crow Park and to play in the, on the hallowed turf. Um, it was something, I suppose, as a, a young woman, you thought maybe you'd never get to experience something like that. And the, the fact of going up and playing in All-Ireland and just enjoying that whole experience, it, it was absolutely fantastic. And you pulverised Donegal. Well, I don't know about that. We just we got a great run at the start. Um, I suppose they had beaten us in the All-Ireland semi-final up in Donegal the previous year and we had our mindset that this was maybe going to be our one and only chance that, to get into Crow Park and to try and win an All-Ireland. So we had ourselves set for the final and we just took off running and we never looked back. And I suppose just lucky for us now, it just ended up being a great day. It's a real lesson, Christine. Never annoy a mead woman. <laughs> <laughs> they'll, get you. they'll get you eventually. Five thirteen to one three. Oh my God! It was a big score you ran up that day. When when, when you know you know you obviously as that game goes on you're coming to the final whistle. What's the feeling like when the whistle goes and you know you're going up those steps and you're going to pick up that cup? It's just that um, you know the way the the hairs stand up in the back of your arm and your your heart is pounding and then it was just everybody in on top of each other and that just that sheer delight of with the. You know, the the best 25 girls that you spend so many t- uh, hours with um, over previous years and to spend that time with them on the pitch, which it seemed like nothing really, I suppose, at the end whistle. And probably our captain will say it was even less for her because she was dragged away to go up to, to the steps. And she has always said about that, that it was a, the awful pity that she had that she didn't get to spend the time with the rest of us on the field. But we would have had those, you know, 10, 12 minutes on the field with each other and with our management and um, with Brendan and, and uh, Richard and Jim and... And it was just sheer joy and such elation and just do well for your heart now, and that's for sure. <laughs> Stay there with me, Christine. Orla Kirk had the privilege of captaining a loud side that won in 1998. For you, Orla, against Roscommon, it was a much tighter affair. 
Jerry, I'll just add quickly that it wasn't myself, the captain. Was, was it Kathy Reynolds. Kathy Reynolds from the Jones. Oh my God, was I've then. promoted you. There uh, you are. Historically, I, I'm I would changing have loved the record. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Did, we acknowledge that. Captain, Go on. It's Captain Loud subsequent, but not, yeah, not, not on that day. Part. But look, at, you, you, were, you were there that day uh, in yeah. 1998. It was tighter, wasn't it, with it Roscommon? Was, it was very tight. We started very, very nervously. And Roscommon raced into an early lead and were by far probably the be- better team over the first 20 minutes. And only for Lynn Savage, teenage goalie wonder, in the nets at that time, we'd have been further behind and we might not have been able to claw it back but eventually I think we did we found our feet and settled a bit we were quite a young team as well and there had been so much of a positive build up in the run up of it I think we the occasion overawed us but eventually I think we got an opportunistic goal Roisin Hannan scored that it probably wasn't the first one or the last one that she scored and we, we then improved a lot in the second half and pulled away uh, pulled away towards the end, so it was great. Four yeah, eight to two nine was the final score. Actually, just yeah. to remind you that day over Ross Common again to you. Is there any feeling like it? You know, when when you when you actually achieve, when you win an All Ireland title. I don't think there is. You know, that must be little anything else that's happened in my life since. But <laughs> just, the, just the fun of it, um, just the build up to it, the great friendships you made up, the anticipation. Um, my dad was Lector Joe and my sister was also involved in the panel and even the crack at home there was nothing like it aunts and, all, aunts and uncles calling in there wasn't as much excitement as when I got married and then to win um, was just unbelievable mm. so I think Lloyd we were almost um, we were outsiders that year Throne were really fancied to win we beat them in the semi-final pulled off a bit of a coup d'etat and then a fancied enough first common team in the final as well mm. and just the celebrations I think they went on right through Christmas we were going to catch ups every Friday night with different <laughs> club teams in the county so uh, we, re- we really we really enjoyed it Oh God you really milked it and rightly so why wouldn't you just while I'm with you you know this current crop of, of young women that go up on Sunday in the junior final again they're taking on Limerick they've beaten Limerick twice already uh, this year so they will start out as favourites it's a very poignant year uh, when you consider uh, what happened Michal McKeown the way he passed away suddenly yeah, I think I think it's been very poignant and very sad for the girls involved, who must still be in a in a degree of shock, and given what happened, the suddenness of it. But they've responded brilliantly as a unit, and the new management team that has come in under Darren has been has been excellent. And you know they've they've kept the girls going, and the girls have really dug deep throughout the year and have been emboldened, I suppose, by the um, by the memory of Mihal mm. and. I know that they'll want to win it for him on Sunday and I hope that they don't take on too much of a, a, an emotional burden and are able to enjoy themselves. But it would be wonderful for them to win um, and, and for, and for Michal's family too. Mm. It's been an inspiration, there's no doubt about that and I'm sure they have that in focus going uh, to Croke Park on Sunday afternoon. Just back to Christine for a moment. Eamon Murray, uh, the manager of uh, the 2018 Mead Ladies, of course you are playing in the intermediate final this time uh, against Tyrone. The management team, the girls, they've done a wonderful job and it's been a great run to the final for them, Christine. Oh, it has. It's just been fantastic and probably a long time coming. I suppose we've it's 24 years since we won that All-Ireland and um, we got up to senior um, had won four Leinster senior titles in 97, 98, 99 and 2000. And then after that, we just we struggled for a while and there was a change in management and um, just uh, two years ago, we dropped down to intermediate level. So they decided to go back and start from scratch. So this is just fantastic for them to be in this All-Ireland final and to 
you know, Eamon is a, a club man um, in Bordenil here, my, my own club, and he has just put so much hours and time into ladies football now not just in the in the last year that he's involved or two years that he's involved with the senior team but he's been involved with underage county teams and with the club he's put huge hours in um, Paul that's there as coach Paul works the same job as I do he's a, a games development um, administrator with Wicklow and I just know his training that the girls are absolutely loving it and he you know it's brilliant for them that they've just driven on now from where they were and look where they are now on Sunday and an All-Ireland final and everything to play for so it's fantastic for the county it's fantastic for ladies football that it's come from a low ebb to, to where it is now now, Tyrone didn't fare well uh, in the men's final. I mentioned it there at the start and uh, they were the bridesmaid on the day and it's hard to be second when you get to Croke Park and l- lose a final and I'm sure the girls from Tyrone will be looking uh, to make up in, in a sort of a way f- for losing that one, the boys losing out. What do you reckon on Meath's chances, Christine? You're very close to the camp, very close to the game. You know Tyrone, you know Meath. Do you expect they'll win? I think it's going to be a very close game. I, I really only see a point or two uh, within the game. Um, it's hard to, to see what strengths will, will override others because both teams have their strengths in, in different areas of the field. But I suppose looking at, at, at Mead, I just feel that defensive unit that they have, um, like even Orla Duff in there, a cornerback. She reminds me of Louise McKeever, which would have played uh, uh, county football with us and I thought Louise was the best cornerback I'd ever played against or played with and Orla is the same make of that and then you know Sean Ennis in there at centre half back you're just fantastic and energetic player um, you know you go into Mauro Shottensy in there in midfield and just a very powerful player from midfield and then up front like they have such huge options up front um, the strength and the, the serious attacker that Vicky Wall is and Neva Sullivan there the captain like how accurate she is and a great finisher you know, and obviously then Stacey Grimes, which seems to be the player of the championship um, that has done so well um, and really charismatic forward like, and brings that energy up front. I just think they've everything going for them. Um, it's just a matter of, of how they, they put that out on the field on the day and can they get that performance and make sure that the occasion doesn't get to them and can they get that performance on the field to really put it up to Tyrone because I think it's really going to be a very tight game. And Loud's uh, chances, Orla, back to you again. Will they make it three wins over Limerick? Or in a way, is there pressure with that that they're expected to? They've beaten them twice already. And you, of course, haven't mentioned this whole emotional matter. I I think it will be difficult. It's always difficult to beat a team three times in a row in a a season. But I I do think that the Loud team are very well prepared. They've excellent. They've an excellent forward line. And I think they have enough to beat Limerick if they can have enough belief. I think Limerick... You know, the Dipno Brian has has um, returned. She's a excellent forward, but I imagine that Loud, us as a county, have been stung enough by Dipno Brian and will be well prepared for her. And I think definitely there's enough use, vibrancy, and attacking prowess within the Loud team to, to win the game. Um, I know that it was somewhat of a surprise that Limerick beat. Um, a much fancied London team in the semi-final and the key part of that Limerick victory was the midfield sector um, for Limerick. Uh, I think their captain, Cathy D, plays in there and she was integral to them beating London and I, I know that the Loud team will have more than enough to cover that off. Their middle third is excellent. They've great vibrancy, great pace. Sinead Woods, they've more than enough players that can, can do uh, a shift in the middle sector to make sure that we... I suppose, overcome Limerick in that division. And I think if we do enough defence-wise to deal with the threat of 
Dipna, if, if she arrives on the scene, I, th- I think Loud can more than cater for, for Limerick. Um, just to echo what Christine said about getting the performance in, out on the day is so important, but everything I've heard from the Loud camp and the build-up to the game, I know that they're very focused on it. Nobody seems to be getting on, getting carried away themselves, and that's, I suppose, epitomised by their captain, Kate Flood, who just seems to be taking everything in her stride and is ready for a big occasion. And Loud have big game players. Rebecca Carr is excellent. She was brilliant in 2015, and it's great that she's returned to the side and the girls have managed to stay relaxed to date so hopefully they can press on and take three from three which will be difficult but I think they can, I think they can do it. Ladies, I love your positivity. I'm just uh, listening to what both you're saying there. They're going to be tight games, but we're all crossing everything we can, fingers and everything else besides that both Meath and Loud bring home the bacon from Croke Park the weekend. Wouldn't it be wonderful to have the junior and intermediate All-Ireland champions in the North East? It really would. Good luck to you. Enjoy the day day on Sunday. Good luck to both counties. And we'll be with you all the way here on LMFM Radio. But for the moment, Christine O'Brien and Orla Kirk, thank you both very much for joining me on the show. Thank you for having me. Thank Take you care of yourselves. Bye-bye. 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 Good luck to both of them. I say it again on Sunday. And remember, we have a very special Sunday sport here starting at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning and running right through. You won't miss a moment of the action here with us on LMFM Radio. Uh, the uh, sports coverage supreme over the weekend uh, starting this evening and running right through into Sunday. 11 o'clock on Sunday is the time. Thank you all for joining us every day on Late Lunch. I really appreciate it. Thank you to our regular guests. Thank you to our guests during the week. And a big thank you to Sinead Brazel and Louise Walsh who helped me every week put this wonderful show together thank you so much anyway that's a lot on Late Lunch for another week Eddie's up next with The Drive Late Lunch back Monday half one we'll see you then The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda your local Renault selection dealer with over 250 quality used vehicles in stock there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie 